Howdy, howdy. My name is Lily from Makecraft Game, and you are listening to Reading Rulebooks. Today, we're going to dive into the world of Spirit Island. So let's get started. You are powerful spirits of the natural world existing on an isolated island. Invaders from beyond the known sea have recently begun their colonization of your island, killing the native islanders, a people called the Dahan, and upsetting the natural balance. The spirits of the island must grow in power and throw back the invaders before the island is blighted beyond hope of recovery. Game Overview Spirit Island is a cooperative game for one to four players where each player is a spirit of nature defending their island from invading colonists who have little regard for the well-being of the land or its native inhabitants, the Dahan. Every turn, all spirits act simultaneously, employing powers to push the islanders back bolstering the island and aiding the Dahan. But the spirits start out small and limited, and will have to learn some new tricks in order to catch up with the rapidly expanding invaders whose actions, automated by the game, drive them to spread across the island and establish settlements, spreading blight in their path. To win, the spirits, with the help of the Dahan, must destroy the invaders and scare away any survivors. However, the game will end in defeat if the island is overrun by blight if any spirit is destroyed completely, or if you act too slowly and fail to drive the invaders off before they become entrenched. Once you know the game, Spirit Island takes about 90 to 120 minutes to play, slightly shorter for games with one to two players, slightly longer for games with four. How to read this rulebook. The rules are divided into three major sections, game setup, sequence of play, and game concepts. Read game setup first then read sequence of play and game concepts in the order that best suits your learning style. Sequence of play will introduce you to the overall game structure, while game concepts drill down into individual game mechanics. First time players. Spirit Island is a complex game with many moving parts. The first time, or two, you play, you should 1. Choose a low complexity spirit. Lightning's swift strike, vital strength of the earth, river surges in sunlight, or shadows flicker like flame. Of these four, Shadows Flicker Like Flame is the trickiest. 2. Take the Power Progression card for your spirit. Set aside all minor and major powers listed on the card. During the game, when you gain a new power card, add the next power card on the list to your hand instead of using the standard method. If everyone is playing the game for the first time also, 1. Don't use a Blight card. Instead, use the pre-printed Blight space on the board. 2. Don't use an Adversary or Scenario. They increase difficulty and add additional rules. Whenever your group is ready for a more challenging game, we recommend the Kingdom of Brandenburg Prussia as a good first adversary. It mostly modifies the setup rather than introducing new rules. The Kingdom of England and Sweden involve more fundamental changes to how the invaders work. Components. One invader board, four modular island boards, eight spirit panels, 15 fear cards, two terror level dividers, two blight cards, 36 Dahan, 20 cities, 32 towns, 40 explorers, 38 blight, 15 invader cards, 22 major power cards, 36 minor power cards, 32 unique power cards, 52 spirit presence, 13 of each in four colors, 12 single turn effect markers, three of each in four colors, eight player aid cards, four power progression cards, three adversary panels, three adversary reminder tiles, or scenario panels, 32 energy markers, and 20 fear markers. Game setup. For most games of Spirit Island, setup proceeds as below. 
However, when setting up Spirit Island using an adversary and or scenario, select them first as they will change how the game is set up. Invader Board To set up the Invader Board, place the Invader Board on one side of the play area. Put four fear markers per player into the fear pool. Shuffle the fear cards and put nine on the fear deck space. Place the Terra Level 3 divider three cards from the bottom and the Terra Level 2 divider three cards above that, so the cards are divided into three groups of three cards each. Or, make the Invader deck and put it on the Invader board on the Explore Action space. Making the Invader deck, the Invader deck is 12 cards. Three Stage 1 cards on top, then four Stage 2 cards, then five Stage 3 cards on bottom. Mix up the cards from each stage and choose without looking at them, putting unused cards back in the box. The game comes with four Stage 1 cards, five Stage 2 cards, and six Stage 3 cards, so you can just remove one of each. 5. Take a random blight card and place it on top of the blight space on the board. Healthy Island side up without looking at the back. If you are not using a blight card, use the blight instructions printed on the invader board instead. Place the shown amount of blight onto the card. The Island and Supply To set up the island, randomly pick one island board per player and arrange them to form an island. Populate the island board with invaders to Han and Blight from the box, not the Blight card, as indicated by icons on each land. To set up the supply, shuffle the minor and major power decks. Put them near the board with room for each deck to have a discard pile. Put the energy, city, towns, explorers, and the Han near the board. Make sure all players can reach them. You may need multiple piles. Player setup. Each player takes all spirit presence and single turn effect markers of one color then chooses a spirit by taking a spirit panel and its four unique power cards, which is their starting hand. New players should choose a low complexity spirit and take its power progression card as described previously. Each player starts on a different island board and follows setup instructions on the back of their spirit panel. This always includes putting presents into one or more lands on their starting board. Some spirits have additional instructions. Once the game begins, spirits are not restricted to play only on their starting board. Presence and powers may be placed or used on any board. Players then flip their spirit panels and place all remaining presence onto the dashed circles on their presence track. The leftmost numbers with solid circles remain uncovered. Invaders starting action. To finalize setup, the invaders take an initial action. Reveal the top card of the invader deck. The invaders explore that type of land, which we will explore later. Then place that card face up in the build action space. Sequence of play. Each turn has the following phases. 1. Spirit phase. 2. Fast power phase. 3. Invader phase. 4. Slow power phase. 5. Time passes. Players play simultaneously within each phase, conferring as they wish. Table talk is not just allowed, it's likely necessary for victory. Spirit phase. Each spirit does three things in the following order. 1. Grow. Choose one option, unless stated otherwise, next to the growth at the upper right of the spirit panel. Each section is a single choice. You must do everything shown, but may choose the order. We will discuss more growth options later. 2. Gain energy. Gain an amount of energy equal to the highest uncovered number on your energy presence track. Place any gained energy on or near your spirit panel. 3. Play and pay for power cards. Select the power cards, fast and slow, that you will use this turn. The maximum number of power cards you can play each turn is the highest uncovered number on the card play's presence track, even if you have enough energy to pay for more. You must immediately pay energy for all power cards played 
even slow ones. Likewise, you immediately gain all elements from played power cards, even if the power's effect are slow. Do not resolve the effects of the power cards yet. The urgency of war. Some spirits are inclined to take a long time choosing power cards, perhaps several centuries in the case of slow-moving earth spirits, but the threat of the invaders forbid the luxury of infinite time. Any player may place a limit on time available to complete the spirit phase. This can be done using a timer, setting a condition, when I get back, we start, or any other means desired. Of course, as this is a cooperative game, it behooves you to not be too draconian. Fast Power Phase Players resolve fast powers, both innate powers printed on their spirit panel and power cards they played. Power resolution can be done mostly simultaneously. When timing becomes important, powers may be resolved in whatever order the players want, so long as no power interrupts another partway through. If a player discovers they do not want to use a power's text effect, or cannot use it, they may choose to skip it entirely. Sometimes a power card will be worth playing purely for its elements. We will discuss elements gained in a future section. You cannot delay using a fast power until the slow phase even if you want to. Use it now or forego it. Example, player 1 uses their fast power to target a land without light where they have presence, because the range is zero, and gathers one explorer from an adjacent land into it. Player 2 then uses their fast power to target the same land and gathers one the Han into it. Player 2 now destroys the explorer player 1 previously gathered into the land with the Han they just gathered into the land. Who decides? When the game calls for a decision, where Blight cascades to, which invaders do damage to, etc., and it's not specified who makes it, what do you do? If the decision springs from a power, the spirit using the power makes the decision. For all other situations, players should try to come to a consensus. But in the rare event that agreement is not possible, for the decision about within a land, each spirit makes choices regarding the lands on their starting board. For all other cases, the game owner slash organizer makes the call. Invader phase. The invader phase has the following parts. 1. Blighted island, once appropriate. 2. Fear. 3. Invader actions. 3A. Ravage. 3B. Build. 3C. Explore. 4. Advanced invader cards. 1. Blighted island. If the blight card has flipped to blighted island, follow the instructions there. If you have trouble remembering to do this, put a blight from the box onto the fear space as a reminder. Effects of Blight Cascading Whenever you add Blight to a land, if that land already had Blight, you must also add an additional Blight to one adjacent land. If that additional land has Blight, it cascades again from there and so forth. Presence Adding Blight to a land destroys one presence from each spirit in that land. Remember, destroyed presence is removed from play, set next to the island, not returned to the spirit panels. We will talk more about Blight later. 2. Fear. If any fear cards have been earned, and we'll go into fear and terror in a little bit, pick up the whole face down stack, flip it over, and resolve the cards one at a time in the order they were earned. Then discard them to the fear discard space on the board. Use only the effect listed next to the current terror level. This could be higher than when the card was earned. Fear effects last only for the current turn. Fear earned through fear effects. Most fear effects do not cause more fear. They remove invaders rather than damaging or destroying them. 
However, there are exceptions. If you do earn a new fear card this way, put it at the bottom of the stack of the cards you're currently resolving. Each player, many fear cards tell each player to do something. Players are restricted only by the card's instructions in which lands they affect. The effect represents activity by the invaders or Dahan, not the spirits. First, one player follows the instructions fully, then the next player does, etc. Land order. If it makes a difference in which order you resolve the lands for a given action, the players choose. 3. Invader actions. The invader board has three action spaces, ravage, build, and explore. The invader card in an action space determines which land will be affected by that action. If there is no invader card in a space, no action is taken. 3a, Ravage. Look at the invader card in the Ravage action space on the invader board, if any. The invaders ravage in each land of the shown type only. First, invaders deal damage simultaneously to the land and Dahan, then any surviving Dahan fight back. Wherever there are invaders in the shown land, invaders deal one damage per explorer, two per town, and three per city. Reduce the total damage by any defend powers played, which we'll talk about later, then simultaneously. 1. Invaders damage the land. If two or more damage is dealt, add a blight to the land. This only happens once, no matter how much damage is dealt. Partial damage to the land is ignored. Invaders fight Dahan. Every two points of damage destroys one Dahan. You must destroy Dahan as efficiently as possible. You cannot disperse damage among multiple Dahan to avoid killing them. If a Dahan is dealt one damage, turn it over to show that it is damaged. Any surviving damaged Dahan will recover at the end of the turn. After the invader damage has been fully resolved in a land, any surviving Dahan there fight back. Each Dahan deals two damage to the invaders. We'll talk about invaders' health in a little bit. The Dahan will fight back even if the ravaging invaders deal no damage, for example, due to defend powers, but not if the ravage action has been skipped or stopped from happening altogether. Spirit Presence does not fight back as invaders do not directly attack spirits. 3b. Build. Look at the invader card in the build action space on the invader board. The invaders build in each land for the shown type only. Where there are invaders in the specified type of land, they add either one city or one town. If the land has more towns than cities, you add a city. You are not upgrading the towns, you are adding a new city from the supply. In all other cases, add a town. Do not build in lands without invaders. 3C. Explore. Turn the top card of the invader deck face up. Invaders explore in accessible lands of the shown type only, venturing forth from towns and cities or approaching from the ocean. If the card has a flag icon and you are playing with an adversary, first perform the escalation effect. If there is no card to turn up, time has run out and you lose. Add an explorer to every land of the shown type which either 1. contains a town or city, or 2. is adjacent to a town, city, or ocean. No matter how many sources are in or adjacent to the explored land, you only add one explorer. Explorers are added directly from the supply, not moved around the board. Remember, Ravage, Build, and Explore expect only the land type shown on the card. Ravage and Build actions only affect the lands that have invaders. Explore only affects lands adjacent to a source of invaders. Stage 2 Escalations Most Stage 2 cards have a flag icon. Its effect depends on your adversary. If you are playing without an adversary, ignore the flag icon. 
Escalation effects happen as soon as the card is revealed, before Explorer, unless the adversary states otherwise. Some may make changes to how the upcoming Explorer works. Stage 3. Stage 3 cards show two terrains with a plus sign between them. Invader actions affect lands in both the shown terrains. 4. Advanced Invader cards. After Explorer, slide all of the Invader cards left, moving the Ravage card to the discard, the Build card to the Ravage space, and the Explorer card to the Build space, so that the next turn they will Ravage where they built this turn and build where they explored this turn. Slow Power Phase. Players resolve slow powers, which may be either innate powers printed on their spirit panel or power cards they played. This works just like the fast power phase previously explained. Time passes. This is a wrap-up phase at the end of each turn. Discard. Player discard all power cards played this turn to their personal discard piles. Damage and elements clear. All elements go away. All damage done during the turn goes away. If you turned any pieces onto their side to note partial damage, turn them back. If you're using reminder tokens for a single turn effect, make sure to remove those at this time. Examples. For these examples, the Ravage action takes place in wetlands because of the invader card shown. A. This wetland has two Dahan, one town, and one explorer in it. The town and explorer deal a combined damage total of three, two from the town and one from the explorer, to the land and to the Dahan. Step 1. 3 damage to the land adds a blight. 3 damage to the Dahan destroys one of the Dahan and deals 1 damage to the other. Step 2. Now it's the Dahan's turn to fight back, dealing 2 damage. The player choose to direct that 2 damage to the town, destroying it. This generates 1 fear. B. This wetland has 1 city and 1 blight. This city deals 3 damage to the land. Since at least 2 damage was dealt to the land, it adds a blight. Because Blight already exists here, the newly added Blight causes a cascade. Another Blight must be added to an adjacent land of the player's choosing. Two of the available options are 1. The second Blight is added to the sand, which is currently empty. 2. The second Blight is added to the adjacent mountain, destroying one yellow presence and one purple presence. Option 1 is likely the better choice because it does not destroy any presence. Example Build for these examples, the build action takes place in mountains because of the invader card shown. A. This mountain contains a city and two towns. This land has more towns than cities, so a city is built here. B. This land has two explorers. This land has only explorers, which means it has the same number of towns and cities, zero. Therefore, a town is built here. C. This mountain has a city and a town. This land has the same number of towns and cities so a town is built here. D. This mountain is empty. This land has no invaders, so invaders do not build here. Explore examples. For these examples, the explore action takes place in jungle because of the invader card shown. A. This land includes a town or city already, so an explorer is added here. B. This land is not a coastal and is not adjacent to a land with any towns or cities. The invaders do not explore here. C. This land is adjacent to a land with a town or city, so an explorer is added here. D. This land is coastal and is adjacent to a land with a town or city. Either would be sufficient. An explorer is added here. Game Concepts Victory and Defeat At the start of the game, the invaders are at Terror Level 1. They are not afraid of the island and probably aren't even aware of the spirit's existence. To win, you need to completely clear the island of invaders. As you earn fear cards, you will reach new terror levels, 
with easier victory conditions. Anytime you meet the current victory condition, you immediately win. The invaders have had more than they can take and abandon the island entirely. You can lose in three ways. 1. Too much blight. If the last blight comes off the blight card, you follow the instructions there, which are often you lose. 2. A spirit is destroyed. If any spirit has no presence left on the island, you lose. 3. Time runs out. If you need to draw an invader card to explore, but the invader deck is empty, you lose. Terror level win conditions. Terror level 1, no invaders are on the island. Terror level 2, no towns or cities are on the island. Terror level 3, no cities on the island. Terror level victory, immediate victory. In the rare case that a single power card or other effect causes you to both win and lose, you win a sacrifice victory. You are destroyed, but the island, the Dahan, and many other spirits survive. Fear and Terror Fear is generated by spirit powers with the fear symbol and by destruction, either directly by an effect or by damage. Destroying a town generates one fear, and destroying a city generates two fear. Fear terrifies the invaders as a whole. For each fear generated, advance one fear marker from the fear pool on the invader board to the generated fear area. When all of the fear markers have advanced, move the top card of the fear deck face down onto the earned fear cards area. If this reveals a terror level divider, move it to cover the old terror level, which starts at level 1 pre-printed on the board. Move the fear markers back to the fear pool. If you have any leftover fear after earning a card, move that many fear markers into the generated fear area. Cards in the earned fear card space are flipped and resolved during the next invader phase, which we discussed prior. Like powers, effects of the fear card last for the current turn only, unless they change the board in some way. After each fear card is resolved, move it to the fear discard space. When you reveal a new terror level divider, the new terror level and victory conditions take effect immediately, so you might instantly win. Boards and lands. The game is played with one island board per player, laid out to make an island. Each island board is divided into eight numbered lands, with exactly two of each terrain, jungle, mountain, sands, and wetland. Most pieces only affect other pieces in the same land unless explicitly specified. Two lands are adjacent when they touch, even if they are not on the same island board or meet only at a corner. Each board also shows a swath of ocean to indicate which lands are readily accessible by sea. Lands adjacent to the ocean are coastal. Lands not adjacent to the ocean are inland. The other island borders are rocky cliffs and do not count as coastal. The ocean itself is not a land and is not in play. The reverse side of each island board shows a thematic map that can be used to play once you're more familiar with the game, which we will discuss a little later. Presence and Sacred Sites Spirit Presence marks the land a spirit occupies. Lands with your presence are sometimes referred to as your lands. If your presence is ever destroyed, for example, by invaders blighting the land, it is removed and put next to the island. If any spirit ever has no presence left on the island, the players immediately lose. A land can hold any number of presents from any number of spirits. Game effects which do things with presence, such as move it or destroy it, always affect presence on the island unless they say otherwise. A spirit's sacred sites are any lands where that spirit has more than one presence. Some powers can only be used from these places of focused influence. Energy and card plays. 
Spirits affect things on the island by playing power cards from their hand. A spirit can play whichever card they like each spirit phase, limited by two things. They can only play as many cards as they have card plays available, which is the highest revealed number on the card plays presence track. They must have enough energy to pay for the cards they play. Every turn, each spirit gains energy equal to the highest revealed amount on their energy turn presence track. Unspent energy carries over to the next turn. Energy is individual and cannot be transferred between spirits. Card plays are also individual and cannot be shared with other spirits. Unused card plays do not carry over for future turns. A card's energy cost is in the circle in the top left corner of the card. Energy can be gained from growth options or the energy slash turn presence track on the spirit panel. Spirits. Each spirit has a spirit panel with growth, presence tracks, and innate powers. Four unique power cards, which we'll talk about a little later. Anatomy of a spirit panel. On the card back, you will see at the top the spirit name. On the left side, art, which is the image of the spirit. On the right side at the top, backstory, the story and history of the spirit. Underneath backstory is the setup, the initial presence placement, and any other special instructions. And then on the right bottom side of the card, you will see the playstyle and complexity. This is a brief description of the spirit's strategy and comparison of its strengths and weaknesses, as well as a summary of powers. On the other side, you will see the art on the left, and underneath are the special rules. These are any rules that work differently for the spirit. On the top right of the board, you will have the growth options. The spirit options for regathering of strength, reaching out to new lands, and learning new powers. When a spirit chooses a growth option, they will select one section and take all of the actions indicated in it, unless specified otherwise. Some common growth options are add one presence to the board at range two, up to two lands away from your existing presence, gain two energy in addition to this turn's normal energy income, gain one power card, which we'll discuss in a later section, Reclaim all played power cards from your personal discard pile, returning them to your hand. Repositioning presence. It is rarely relevant, but whenever you would add a presence from your presence track, you may instead use one of your presence from anywhere on the island. This is most often useful if all of your presence is in play, you can still reposition it. Presence tracks. Each spirit contains two presence tracks. The top one is energy gained per turn, and the bottom one is card plays. To start, all but the leftmost space on the track is covered by presence. When placing presence on the island, you can choose which track to take it from, but always take it from the left to right. As you remove presence from each track, you reveal progressively greater benefits. Removing presence from the top track grants you more energy, while removing presence from the bottom track allows you to play more power cards. Spirits use only the highest revealed number on the tracks for either their energy or card plays. These benefits are not additive. Note, destroyed presence is removed from play, not returned to the panel. Some spirits have a reclaim one space. While this space is revealed, the player may return one power card to their hand any time during the spirit phase, so the ability can be used the turn it was revealed letting them go longer before they have to take a reclaim all growth option. Some spirits have bonus elements on their presence tracks. These constantly provide one of the shown elements for as long as the space is revealed. We'll talk about elements gained in a later section. 
A space marked with any grants one element each turn. The spirit may choose which element they get at any time, but they cannot change it until the next turn. Innate powers. Free powers that can be triggered using elements. We will talk more on powers in a later section. Unless explicitly specified, innate powers never cost energy or use card plays. Like all powers, they target a single land or spirit unless explicitly stated otherwise. Elemental thresholds. Innate powers have elemental thresholds, meaning they can only be used on turns you have all the required elements. Elements are never spent, only checked. Elements from power cards do not persist from turn to turn. You have them only as long as you have the power card in play. Invaders. The invaders have begun to colonize your island. While not specifically aiming to exterminate you, their colonization and taming of the land has upset the natural balance. The goal of the game is to drive off the invaders by meeting the victory conditions of the current terra level. As more invaders learn to fear you, the victory conditions will get easier. Invaders in a land do not automatically harm spirit presence or Dahan there. Invaders harm things only when ravaging. Each type of invader has specified health. To destroy an invader, you must deal damage that meets or exceeds its health in one turn. Some effects also destroy invaders regardless of damage or health. There are three types of invaders, explorers, towns, and cities. A land containing any number of these is a land with invaders. The number of invaders is not limited by supply pieces. In the unlikely case that you run out, use energy markers as one more or three more of this piece markers. Explorers represent invaders willing to travel into uncharted wilderness. Mapping expeditions, the very boldest homesteaders, etc. They have one health and deal one damage during ravage. Towns represent homesteads and small frontier settlements. They have two health and deal two damage during ravage. Towns act as a source of explorers when invaders explore. Cities are the largest and most pernicious types of invader pieces. They have three health and deal three damage during ravage. Cities act as a source of explorers when invaders explore. Destroying towns and cities affects the invader's morale. Whenever a town is destroyed, it generates one fear. When a city is destroyed, it generates two fear. Blight. Invaders slowly but inexorably blight the land. A certain amount of blight is normal in nature, such as damage from a forest fire, but too much will overwhelm the land. When you add blight to the island during play, take it from the blight card, which starts healthy side up, or blight space on the invader board. If you remove blight from the island, return it to the blight card. If you ever run out of blight on the card, follow its instructions. Either lose, or flip the card over and do whatever it says on the reverse side. Flip blight cards do not flip back. The island cannot heal from blighted to healthy within the time span of the game. After setup, whenever you add blight to a land, which includes when blight cascades, two bad things happen. One, destroy presence. In that land, destroy one presence from each spirit with presence there. Destroyed presence is placed next to the island, not returned to the spirit panels. 2. Cascade. If the land already had any blight, also add one additional blight to any one adjacent land. If that adjacent land also has blight, it will then cascade again from there, etc. The Dahan. The Dahan are the native, semi-nomadic human inhabitants of the spirit island. They coexist well with the land and the spirits. They also aren't too thrilled about the invaders' colonization, but are wary of initiating violence. 
Each island bore starts with six Dahan pieces. Population growth in the game's time span occurs only with a few powers, which grant blessings of health, fertility, and good harvests. The number of Dahan is not limited by the supply of pieces. Dahan only attack invaders when a spirit power prompts them to do so or when attacked themselves. After invaders ravage a land, any surviving Dahan in that land each deal two damage to the invaders in that land. Each Dahan has two health, meaning they are destroyed by two damage from invaders. Damage from spirits does not hurt Dahan, although some spirit powers cause Dahan casualties as a terrible side effect. Powers Spirits affect the game using powers, which are either power cards or innate powers printed on the spirit panel. Innate powers function similarly to power cards, except they are automatically available every turn, i.e. do not use card plays, and require having certain elements rather than spending energy. Anatomy of powers. 1. Energy cost. This will be on the top left of the card. 2. Name. This will be located on the top of the card. 3. Elements gained. There are 8 elements. Sun, moon, fire, air, water, earth, plant, and animal. When you play a power card, you gain the elements shown. Some powers have extra effects if you gain specific elements. Elements do not carry over from turn to turn. You gain elements the moment you pay for a power card, regardless of whether the power is fast or slow, and they go away as soon as it leaves play, usually during time passes. The elements gain can be found on the left panel of the power card. Speed. Fast powers, indicated by a bird icon, resolve their effects before the invader phase, while slow powers, indicated by a turtle icon, resolve their effects afterwards. Power cards also show their speed by a red or blue ring around the energy cost. Range. This will be found under the center of the picture. How many lands away from your presence this power can reach? This is a maximum. You can always use a shorter range. A range of zero means a land where you have presence. Some powers have limitations on what sort of land you can use them from, such as only from a sacred site or only from a specified terrain. These are shown left of the range icon. Target. This is located under the picture on the right-hand side. What land type this power can affect? Most powers can target any type of land, but some are restricted by terrain, what's in the land, or whether it's coastal or inland. Powers always attack one single land unless explicitly stated. Some powers target a spirit instead of a land. 7. Effects. Power cards only. This section is located underneath the speed, range, and target bar. What a power does. All effects take place in a single target land unless explicitly stated otherwise. Destroy all towns means destroy all towns in target land, not destroy all towns in the game. Perform effects in order, skipping any that cannot be followed. Effects that do not change anything on the board, such as invaders do not build in target land, last only for the current turn. 8. Elemental Thresholds Optional effects which may be used if the spirit has gained elements this turn. The required elements are not used up. The threshold is simply a check to see if they are in play. For instance, a spirit with two water in play could meet any number of thresholds requiring two water. You may always resolve a power as if you had fewer elements than you actually do. If you meet more than one threshold under a power, do each of them in order from top to bottom. Exception, if a threshold says instead, it replaces the effect of the previous levels. General principle, do as much as you can. 
When resolving a power's effect, do as much as you can. If one part does not apply or cannot be done, skip it and do the rest. The only targeting restrictions are those in the target bar. General principle. You can skip using a power's effect. If you cannot or do not want to use a power you've played, perhaps the board situation has changed, you're allowed to skip its effect entirely as if it had a blank text box. If it was a power card, you don't get your energy back, but you do still get the elements granted by the card. Similarly, when resolving a power with thresholds, you may act as if you had fewer elements than you really do to avoid hitting thresholds. General principle, one land, one turn, one use. Unless a power explicitly states otherwise, it only affects one single target land. Destroy up to three explorers will let you destroy up to three explorers in the same land, not in multiple different lands. If a power has multiple effects, they all apply to the same land. It only affects the current turn. Dahan have plus three health, or invaders do not ravage in target land, affect this turn only, not the rest of the game. Any permanent changes to the game will be represented by changes to the board, pieces leaving, fear markers moving, etc. It can only be used once this turn. You cannot choose to pay for a power card twice and use it twice. Innate powers only trigger once, even if you have twice as many elements as you need. If something makes a slow power fast, you only get to use it during the fast phase, not both. Single turn effects. A few powers have temporary effects on a land, such as invaders skip all actions. There are reminder tokens you can use to mark those lands for the turn if you want. Just remember to remove them at the end of the turn. Gaining power cards. You will usually gain new power cards via growth, but some power effects can grant them. New power cards always go into your hand. Whenever you are told to gain a power card, choose whether you're gaining a minor or major power. Draw four cards from that deck. If you need to, reshuffle the deck's discard pile. Keep one drawn power card in your hand. Discard the others into the discard pile for that deck. After you gain a major power, you must forget, permanently lose, one of your power cards. Put the forgotten power card into the discard pile for its deck. Place it under your spirit panel if it is one of your unique powers. If you are playing with a power progression, instead of drawing four and keeping one, simply take the next card in your progression. What power cards can I forget? Any of your cards, from your hand, your discard, or, if somehow you gain a major power mid-turn, from their cards in play. It can even be the major power you just chose. If you forget a power card from play, you immediately lose the elements it provided, and if you haven't used it yet, you don't get to. If you already used it, the effects continue until the end of turn as usual. Power and Fear Effects Damage, Destruction, and Removal Some effects remove invaders, representing them fleeing in terror. Return the specified piece to the supply. Some replace invaders. First, you remove the invader, then you put something else in its place. A replaced invader keeps any damage it had. More powers destroy invaders outright. Returning the specified piece to the supply. Destroying a town generates one fear, and destroying a city generates two fear, but removing or replacing does not. Whenever a power or other effect says damage, it always means damage to invaders, unless explicitly specified otherwise. When dealing damage, it is done to any invader in the target land, divided among them however you choose. If an invader has taken damage equal to or greater than its health, it is destroyed immediately. 
Damage may be combined from multiple powers. However, any remaining damage on survivors heal at the end of turn. Defend. Some powers let you defend a target land, which reduces damage done by invaders to the land and or the Dahan. Defend 2 means whenever invaders deal damage in target land this turn, reduce by 2 the damage done to the land and to the Dahan. If multiple defend effects are used in one land, they add together. Defend effects last for an entire turn. There are optional tokens you can use to help you remember that a land is defended this turn. Damage hurts invaders. Invaders are not the only recipients of damage in Spirit Island. The land and a Han can take damage from invaders ravaging, but the overwhelming majority of damage in the game is done to invaders. At any time a power, fear card, or other game rule does damage, it always means damage to invaders unless explicitly specified otherwise. Most spirit powers do not harm the land or Dahan. Damage tokens. There are no tokens in Spirit Island for tracking damage. Instead, the models are built to be rotated to help track damage done to them. For more details, see the sidebars on page 15 and 16. Fear from destruction. Whenever a city or town is destroyed, via damage or otherwise, it frightens the invaders. You generate two fear for each city destroyed and one fear for each town destroyed in addition to any fear explicitly done by the power. If you remove or replace a city or town, it does not generate this automatic fear. Removing Blight When you remove Blight from the island, return it to the Blight card, on whichever side is currently face up. The Blight card will not flip from Blighted back to healthy during the time span of the game, no matter how much Blight you remove. Gather and Push Some powers tell you to gather things into a target land such as gather one town or gather up to three to Han. This means move that many things into the target land from lands adjacent to it. Gather only pulse thing from lands adjacent to the target. Boost to a power's range does not affect gathering distance. Other powers tell you to push things from a target land, such as push one explorer or push up to three to Han. This is the exact reverse of gathering. It means move that many things out of the target land to adjacent lands. Push only sends things one land away. Boost to a power's range do not affect pushing distance. If pushing multiple things, they may go to different lands or not, as you wish. You can only push into a valid land, not off the board or into the ocean. Repeat. Repeating a power lets you activate its effects again. It does not give you elements again. You gain elements for putting a power card in play, not for using its effect and repeats cannot be chained, ignore any repeats effect on a repeated power. The repeated power is slow or fast, whichever the original power is. Here are some additional fine points. Changes to a power carry over to the repeat use. For instance, if a power is made fast or given additional range, it also applies to the repeat. You may make different choices when repeating a power. If a repeat specifies where to use it, obey those instructions, instead of the usual range and target restrictions. Otherwise, you can choose any valid target by the usual rules, including the same target as its first use. Repeating a power card doesn't count as playing another power card. It does not count as using a new power. Tips and tricks. Streamlining gameplay. As you play power cards, put the required energy on top of them. This will help you remember to pay for them. When you resolve a power card, you can push it forward or turn it sideways to note that it has been used. Don't discard it until the end of turn because you may be making use of its elements for innate powers. 
When you resolve a fear card that affects an invader action, such as defend two in all lands, place it on top of the affected invader card so you don't forget to apply it. Every board has exactly two lands of each terrain. Knowing this can make it easier to search out all lands of a particular terrain. When resolving invader actions, be clear about which player is handling what, so you don't accidentally double explore, build, or ravage. Some groups have each player manage the invader actions on their starting board. This can help new players understand how the invaders act. During setup, once you put Blight on the Blight card and on the island, return the rest of the Blight to the box. This prevents accidentally taking Blight from and returning Blight to the wrong place. It's easy to access the box a single time when the island becomes Blighted. When coordinating with your fellow spirits, trying to remember every detail of what every player is doing is a recipe for overload. It can be much more fruitful to focus on objectives, diving into details only when necessary. Some players enjoy the game with a very analytical and carefully planned style, while others prefer a very fast and loose good enough play. This game works either way or anywhere in between, but both extremes at the same table can cause frustration. Try to make sure everyone is on the same page regarding time taken. Whoops! You suddenly realize that for the past four turns, you've been using a power card on lands it can't actually target. What do you do? The answer? Don't sweat it. Especially on your first play or two. You'll likely make minor mistakes here and there. They're unlikely to break anything. The game will just be slightly easier or harder. So long as everyone is having fun, it's all good. There's no need to try and rewind and fix things. Just take note of what the correct rule is and use it going forward. Basic strategy. Feel under no obligation to read or use these. Refer to them if you feel lost in your first game. Fighting the invaders. Destroy or move explorers before they build to keep invaders from spreading. This is extremely effective. Destroy invaders before they ravage to keep them from harming the land and the Dahan. Once invaders explore into a particular terrain, you'll know they'll build there next turn and ravage there the turn after that. That predictability is useful when planning how to use the slow powers. Focused most on the land types about to build or ravage, as those are the most immediate threats. Where should I put my presence or sacred sites? Put your presence close enough to the invaders that you can use all of your powers on them. Avoid lands where invaders are about to ravage and add blight. It will destroy your presence. Spread your presence out across the island as you collaborate with other players. Three one-damage powers can destroy a city. Many damaging powers and beneficial fear effects require sacred sites, so put them close to the invaders. Where should I move the Dahan? Into lands with a few invaders. Many fear effects will scare off invaders from lands with the Han or inspire the Dahan to take the offensive. If invaders are about to ravage there, surviving Dahan will fight back. Out of lands with many invaders, if the Dahan will be wiped out when the invaders ravage, save them by getting them out of harm's way. Miscellaneous. Blight spreads quickly once it starts cascading. Try to clean up lands before a second blight is added. If you're having trouble finding good targets for your powers, that can mean one of two things. One, that you're winning. If you have the invaders on the ropes, focus on achieving victory. That your presence or sacred sites aren't close to the parts of the board you want to affect. Focus on getting presence and sacred sites in places where your powers will be able to reach the invaders. If you are feeling constantly low on energy, try placing more presence from your energy track, not using all of your power card plays, choosing less expensive power cards, 
or taking an energy-granting growth option for a turn or two. Game too hard? If you're getting crushed and it's no fun, for a slightly easier game, give all spirits a bonus growth at the end of setup. For a moderately easier game, omit the invader's initial explore at the end of setup. For a much easier game, do both. Note, two blight rules can make the game extremely punishing if misplayed. Ravaging adds only one blight to a land, not one per two damage. And the blight only cascades to a single adjacent land, not to all of them. Gameplay options. Solo games work much like normal games, but with a single board as the whole island. The only difference is that you can target yourself with powers that specifically target another spirit. Though you do not gain extra benefits from powers that are better used on other spirits, like Gift of Consistency or Elemental Boon. Also, the luck of the draw is high, and you have no fellow spirits to compensate for your spirit's weaknesses and limitations. Adversaries Adversaries are specific colonializing powers from the world of Spirit Island. Including an adversary in a game is optional, but doing so adds an additional layer of depth and strategy to the game. Be sure to choose your foe before setup begins, as some may change the rules of setup. The adversary panel specifies an escalation effect, which is performed when the castle with the flag icon is revealed on stage two invader cards. Some adversaries also include additional lost conditions. These two rules are the base level of an adversary, providing a small difficulty boost. From there, each adversary offers multiple increased difficulty levels indicated by the number on the left. All listed game effects are cumulative. If you're fighting versus level 3, you also need to use the effects from level 1 and level 2. Some adversaries modify the invader actions. There are reminder tiles to put below the invader action space on the invader board to remind you that the rule for those actions are modified. For a full list of each adversary difficulty rating, see the chart on page 28 in the rulebook. Fear cards. As the difficulty increases, reaching higher terror levels becomes harder. Each level shows how many fear cards to use and how many cards to go in the top, middle, and bottom of the fear deck. The Kingdom of Brandenburg, Prussia. Excellent adversary, with few new rules. Most of the changes occur during game setup. Speed is the name of the game. The invaders do everything at a faster tempo. Cards with two land types come up much earlier, often before the spirit has time to prepare. This adversary is notably harder for spirits which need substantial time to develop. The Kingdom of England. Buildings, buildings, and more buildings. England sends so many immigrants that the colonies spill over into unexplored lands. It doesn't start out fast, but constantly pushes its borders forward. They will push hard to found a capital during stage two. England is notably easier for spirits good at wrecking towns, like Lightning Swift Strike. This adversary is notably harder for spirits which rely on moving, killing explorers to prevent invader builds, like Shadows Thicker Like Flame. The Kingdom of Sweden. Sweden's ravages are more dangerous than most. With advanced military tactics and a large population interested in farming and mining, the crown's policies favor assimilating the Dahan where possible, though these efforts will only work where the invader population is large. This adversary is notably easier for spirits which can prevent ravages, i.e. a spread of rampant green or vital strength of the earth. A note regarding setup, the Kingdom of Sweden can add blight during setup. Blight added during setup does not cascade or destroy spirit presence. Scenarios. 
Scenarios change the situation the spirits find themselves in, or the capabilities of the spirits. They may involve different victory conditions, or add prerequisites for a standard victory condition in addition to the other rule changes. All scenarios have a number in the upper right-hand corner that denote their difficulty, rating on a scale from 0, no change, to 10, insanely difficult. Playing with scenarios is optional. You may play a game with an adversary and a scenario, or just using one or the other. If rules changes from a scenario and an adversary contradict each other, the scenario takes presence. Thematic map. The reverse side of each island board shows an alternate map. These maps represent the canonical spirit island, and prioritize theme more highly than the front balanced sides. Land types cluster together, what terrains tend to be on the windward side of the mountains, etc. The theme boards are intended for experienced players, both because finding terrains at a glance is harder with the more realistic art style, and because some of the changes make the game more difficult. More lands per board, clustered terrains, more starting invaders, etc. Thematic board setup. The thematic boards have a fixed layout relative to each other. You can use any of them that you want, but for the definitive geography at each player count, one player, use northeast. Two players, use west and east, touching the side opposite the ocean. Three players, use west and east as if playing two players, plus northeast above east. Four players, use west, east, northwest, and northeast in the usual four-player layout. Some lands overlap slightly onto other boards. A land is always considered to be on the board where its land number and setup icons are. Ignore any unattached land fragments, they aren't in play. Some lands have setup icons for tokens from the Branch and Claw expansion. Ignore them when playing with just the core game. Illustrations of spirits, rivers, and wildfires are for flavor and do not alter gameplay. Scoring. If you would like to score your games, to compare your group's performance across plays, score 5 times difficulty plus 10 bonus points for winning, plus 2 per invader card remaining in the deck. Defeat. Score 2 times difficulty plus 1 per invader card not in the deck, both in the discard and face up under invader actions. Victory or defeat, plus one per X living Dahan, and minus one per X blight on the island, where X is the number of players in the game. Lore, the story thus far. The world of Spirit Island is roughly similar to our own world's past. Details differ, but the island's overall trends of society and technology across the globe are broadly the same. Europe is no exception. Its politics have taken a different turn, but the customs and attitudes of its people are similar to our own history. There is some belief in the supernatural. Religion speaks of good and evil powers, there are folk customs and superstitions, but nowhere in Europe or other large empires of humanity is there a place where the stones will speak to you or trees draw up their roots and rove across the land. It's no wonder the invaders fail to understand Spirit Island when they arrive. The Island the island has existed far longer than humans have lived there, but despite the continued existence and first-hand witnesses, assembling a coherent history is virtually impossible. Even among the most trustworthy spirits, tales of the past are rife with contradictions, all maintained to be true. Did Voice of the Deeper Gorge sacrifice itself, or descend to some greater destiny, or remained unchanged as an oracle of sorts? All three, apparently. 
estimation of time and ordering are similarly hazy. The spirits. The spirits of the island are many and diverse. Thronging wisps of breeze, strange half-seen shadows across still water, the sunbeam which forms perfect patterns even through tangled deadwood. Most do not fight the invaders. The smaller spirits are too weak, the greatest ones too slow, or so strong they destroy the island. Some, like Watcher Axe Not, are restrained by their own nature, and others cannot be bothered. Not every grove or gully has a spirit, but there are certainly more spirits than Dahan. The Dahan. The Dahan were the first humans on Spirit Island. They immigrated centuries ago, in a time when ocean's hungry grasp prowled nearby waters less frequently. Their lore spoke of spirits, and they expected their new home would have some, but were greatly surprised by the spirit's numbers, vitality, and intensity of manifestation. Some mistook the greater spirits for gods. The Dahan's agriculture and animals brought blight to the land and conflict with the spirits, triggering the first reckoning. The Dahan capitulated quickly and an accord was reached. The spirits would transform crops and animals to be more compatible with the ecosystem. The Dahan would change their methods of farming and seek counsel from friendlier spirits. The two became neighbors, though unequal. The Dahan were reliant on and obligated to the spirits. The Second Reckoning Many generations later came the Second Reckoning, when the Dahan discovered their advisors and protectors had not been entirely candid with them, and the power balance between Dahan and spirits evened out. But that is another story. Suffice to say that the Dahan no longer view the spirits as gods. The Invaders The Invaders found Spirit Island a decade ago. Early coastal contact with the Dahan was fairly peaceful. The Dahan saw these new seafarers as analogs of those who travel, and offered them appropriate hospitality. The invaders saw a fertile, sparsely populated island, and brought word home of a land ripe for the taking. The first colony ships arrived five years later, bringing both settlers and an onslaught of foreign diseases which tore through the Dahan. Spirit assistance helped many Dahan survive, but even so, as the game opens, they are just regaining their footing, mourning their dead, and discovering that these scourges were not the act of the angry spirits. They are divided on what to do. Some see the invaders as a menace to drive away, while others still think of them as our new neighbor or are fascinated by their lifestyle, tools, and beliefs. The larger spirits on the island live and act on much longer timescales than humans. The most common reaction to the invaders' arrival was, Oh great, more humans. Here we go again. Tempered with some optimism that spirit speakers of the Dahan could act as intermediaries to avoid another confrontation. But the invaders refused to listen and spread impossibly quickly with more and more colony ships arriving each year. In the blink of an eye, there were nearly as many invaders as Dahan, methodically reshaping the land, destroying spirits and Dahan alike in their heedless, swarming expansion. You are the spirits. Can you save the island? The enemy advances. Though the adversaries may seem familiar, upon a closer inspection, you will find that the explorers of Spirit Island have a slightly different story to tell than your history books. The year is AD 1700, and the great powers of Europe have begun to scramble for colonies throughout the world. In the alternative history setting of Spirit Island, this scramble is even more intense than in our own world, as historical events have transpired to lead to the rise of many major naval powers. The Kingdom of Brandenburg, Prussia, Frederick II, 
Frederick William inherited the Duchy of Prussia and Electorate of Brandenburg upon the death of his father, George William, in December 1640. Eschewing the ineffective and vacillatory foreign policy of his father, Frederick William abandoned the Polish Vasa dynasty and allied with King Gustav Adolfius of Sweden against Catholic Poland. The Triple Alliance of Sweden, Russia, and Brandenburg-Prussia resulted in the resounding defeat of the Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth in 1644, and its subsequent partition more than doubled the size of Prussia's land. As a result of this victory, Frederick William, the great elector of Brandenburg, declared himself Frederick I, King of Prussia and set about the process of building infrastructure and extending Prussian control throughout his newly acquired territory. Upon his death in 1701, his son, Frederick II, inherited a thoroughly Prussian kingdom and one of the premier European armies. Frederick II sought to further expand Prussian territory without upsetting the continental balance of power between Sweden, Russia, France, and the Habsburgs. Building up the Prussian navy, the new king strove to catch up to other European colonial power and quickly integrate new colonies into the Prussian economy. The Kingdom of England Queen Elizabeth I of England married Robert Dudley, son of the Duke of Northumberland, in 1562. The marriage was initially a scandal due to the suspicious circumstances surrounding the death of Dudley's first wife, and inspired a revolt of several noble houses. However, the co-monarchs Robert I and Elizabeth I grew in popularity after the suppression of the revolt in 1564 and the birth of their son, Edward, in 1566. With the defeat of an attempted invasion from Spain and Scotland in 1587, the Kingdom of England became one of the premier naval powers in the North Atlantic. After the death of Robert in 1588 and Elizabeth in 1603, their son Edward VII became King of England. England was only briefly involved in the religious war on the continent in the 17th century, following a disastrous invasion attempt in France in 1633 and a clash with Scotland in 1651. The Kingdom of England focused on fortifying the Scottish frontier and building up its naval power. Unable to project power onto the continent and constrained to southern Britain, the Kingdom of England was one of the first to seek colonies in the New World, using its overseas possessions to provide citizens with opportunities that were increasingly hard to come by at home. Kingdom of Sweden, King Eric XV. Following his triumph at the Battle of Lützen in 1632, King Gustav Adolfius led the Kingdom of Sweden to further victories over Catholic armies, defeating and partitioning the Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth with Brandenburg and Russia in 1644. Following his death in 1651, Gustav Adolfius was succeeded by his son, King Gustav III, who went on to defeat the Kingdom of Denmark in a series of campaigns between 1657 and 1668 and secure total Swedish domination over the Baltic Sea. Gustav III was succeeded by his son Eric in 1683, who became the eighth vassal ruler of Sweden. Under his rule, constrained by further growth on the continent by Russia to their east and the Holy Roman Empire and Prussia to their south, Sweden began leveraging their powerful navy to set up colonies throughout the world. The absorption of the former Polish lands in the eastern Baltic had given Sweden a significant influx of Slavs and other non-Scandinavian people. With a tremendous boon to their economic and military power, this demographic shift also had been a source of internal turmoil as the Kingdom of Sweden attempts the historically difficult task of integrating a multi-ethnic society. Along with a desire for more natural resources, Sweden's desire for a safety valve outlet for discontent and political agitators has driven their desire to establish themselves as a colonial power. The adversary and scenario difficulty chart can be found on page 28 of the core rulebook. Design Notes 
The Seed of Spirit Island was prompted by a colonialization action in some other game, Goa, Navigator, Endeavor, where I thought, I wonder how angry the locals are about this new colony of foreigners. We'll never know, because this game has been entirely abstracted away from the people who already live there. Well, that's kind of rude. I shared the thought. Maybe people laughed. Then we got back to the game. The idea stuck with me, though, because so many Euros have themes from that era, some explicitly colonial, others social and mercantile. It seemed like a game portraying the opposite point of view, that of being the subject of colonialism trying to fight it off could be interesting and perhaps highlight the prevalence of Eurocentric colonial themes. In retrospect, I could have gone an entirely different route, find a specific colonial versus anti-colonial struggle to try and model, going down a path similar to, i.e., King of Siam. Instead, my brain imagined a conflict that never was, but which could serve as a stand-in for struggles against different colonial powers throughout history. Spirit Island possesses the question, what if actual, or semi-actual, colonizers from the Age of Discovery tried to colonize a place where they faced opposition of a nature they never expected. There is, incidentally, a reason that spirits exist in abundance on Spirit Island, but are unknown throughout most empires of humanity. It goes back millennia and has to do with the binding bargains. I set as my design goal a cooperative game as thematically evocative as strong experience games like Arkham Horror, but with substantially deeper and more strategic gameplay, a playtime of roughly two hours, and no alpha player quarterbacking problems that some groups have with co-ops. It's been a long road, but I'm pleased with how it turned out and I hope you have had more fun playing it than I have had creating it. You can read more notes on Spirit Island at the link posted on page 29 of the rulebook. Glossary and Index Action See Invader Action Add To put onto the board from the supply Adjacent Land Sharing a border or a corner More on page 13 of the rulebook Adversary A specific colonizer to fight against Boosts difficulty and changes how the game plays See more on page 22 of the rulebook Plus any Any one element chosen anew each turn Once set for a turn cannot be changed until the next turn More on page 14 Blight, a piece showing environmental or spiritual harm to the island. More on page 15. Blight card, a card that holds the blight pieces that are not on the island. Starts off on the healthy side and may flip to the blighted side during the course of the game. More found on page 15. Blighted island, the island becomes blighted when all of the blight on the front of the blight card goes onto the board. If all the blight on the blighted side runs out, the players lose. More on page 15. Board, see island board or invader board. Build, an invader action, adds a town or city, more on page 10. Card plays, the number of power cards a spirit may put down each turn, determined by the highest revealed number on the spirit's lower presence track, or page 14. Cascade, upon adding blight to an already blighted land, you must also add one blight to one adjacent land, see more on page 15. City, a type of invader piece, does three damage, has three health, destroying a city causes two fear, See more on page 15. Coastal land, a land readily accessible to ships, adjacent to the printed ocean areas. See more on page 13. Dahan, a piece representing a clan or village of local islanders, does two damage and has two health. See more on page 16. Damage, 
harm done to invaders, the land, or Dahan. When a card doesn't specify, it always means two invaders. Damage equal to an invader or a Dahan's health destroys it. Dealing two or more damage to a land adds one blight to the land. Find more on page 9 or page 18 of the rulebook. Destroy. Take off the board and return to supply. Destroying a town causes one fear. Destroying a city causes two fear. See more on page 18. Defend. Guard a land against the invaders. Reduce the damage done by the invaders to the land and a Dahan by a specified amount. Page 18. Effect. The text instructions of a card or other game element. Element. Affinity with an aspect of nature, usually granted by a power card. Let's you use threshold effects, see page 18 or page 32. Elemental thresholds. See threshold effects. Energy. Pays for power cards. Carries over from turn to turn. More on page 13. Escalation effect. Something an adversary does each time exploring reveals an invader card with an adversary icon on it. This icon appears only on stage 2 cards. See page 10 or 22 of the rulebook. Explore. An invader action. Adds explorers to accessible lands. More on page 10. Explorer. A type of invader piece. Does one damage and has one health. More on page 15. Fear. Fright done to invaders. Advanced fear markers earning fear cards. More on page 12. Fear card. A card from the fear deck earned by doing fear to the invaders. The terror level dividers are not fear cards. More on page 9 and 12 of the rulebook. Fear effect. Anything done by an earned fear card. More on page 12 or 18 of the rulebook. Forget a power card. Permanently lose a power card from your hand, discard pile, or in play. Put it in the discard of for its deck, or out of the game if it's unique to your spirit. Page 18. Gain a power card. In a normal game, draw four minor powers or four major powers and keep one. If using a power progression for your first play, Take the next power card. When you gain a major power by any means, you must forget or lose a power card. More on page 3 and 18 of the rulebook. Gather. Move into a land from adjacent land or lands. More on page 19. Growth. The first part of the spirit phase lets you place presents, gain new powers, and reclaim played power cards. More on page 8 and 14 of the rulebook. Health. How much damage an invader or Dahan can take before it is destroyed. Page 15 and 16 of the rulebook. Healthy Island. The island starts the game healthy. It becomes blighted when the first pool of blight on the blight card is emptied and the card flips to its blighted side. See page 15. Inland Land. A land not adjacent to the printed ocean area. More on page 13. Innate Power. A power printed on your spirit panel. See more on page 14 and 16 of the rulebook. Invader. A city, town, or explorer. More on page 15. Invader action. One of the three bad things the invader do during the invader phase. Ravage, build, or explore. See more on pages 9 through 11. Invader board. The board which governs the actions of all invaders, including places for the invader deck and each of their three actions. Additionally, the invader board features the fear pool, the fear deck, and the blight space which a blight card is placed during setup. Page 6. Invader card. Cards in the invader deck indicating in which land the invaders will act. Divided into stage 1, stage 2, and stage 3. See more on page 6. Island. The entire playing area of the game compromised of one or more island boards. See more on pages 6, 7, or 13. Island board. An individual punchboard piece that comprises the island. The reverse has a thematic map for more experienced players. Page 6, 7, or 13.
land, a bordered area on the island map other than the ocean. Whenever a land takes two damage, you add a blight to it, pages 13 or 15. Land type, a description of what sort of land to act upon. This may be a terrain, coastal or inland, or a requirement for what is and what is not in the land, i.e. a land with invaders. More on page 13 or 16. Land with Blight, Dahan, or Invaders. A land having at least one Blight, Dahan, or Invader. Move. To put into a land from somewhere else on the island via pushing, gathering, or other means. Ocean. Where the invaders sail in. The stretch of ocean on each island board determines which lands are coastal. Oceans are not lands. More on page 13. Outnumber. Where A outnumbers B can be true in lands where there are no B. For instance, where Dahan outnumbers cities is true in a land with no cities as long as there's one or more Dahan. Permanent element. An element shown on a presence track. While uncovered, it gives you an element of that type. More on page 14. Power. A power card or innate power, page 16. Power card, a power on a card. Maybe a minor power or a major power or a unique power, more on page 16. Power progression, a fixed sequence of power cards a spirit gains instead of the usual draw four, keep one from a power card deck. Used in introductory games only, more on pages three and six. Presence, a piece showing where your spirit lives on the island, page 13. Push. Move to an adjacent land or lands, page 19. Range, the maximum number of lands away you can use a power or effect. You may always act closer, measured from your presence unless otherwise specified, page 16. Ravage, an invader action. Invaders simultaneously deal damage to the land and Dahan. Surviving Dahan, then fight back, page 9. Reclaim. Take all played power cards from your personal discard pile into your hand of available power cards. Page 14. Reclaim 1. Take a single power card from your personal discard pile into your hand of available power cards. When revealed on a presence track, may be done once every spirit phase, starting immediately. Page 14. Remove. Take off the board and return to the supply. Distinct from destroy, removing invaders does not cause fear. Page 18. Repeat. Use the text effect of a power again. Doesn't grant additional elements. Repeats never chain. Page 19. Replace. Remove one piece and put another piece in its place. Page 18. Sacred site. A land where a spirit has two or more presents. Page 13. Scenario. A situation providing alternate rules or victory conditions. Boosts difficulty and changes how the game plays. Page 23. Target, the land or spirit a power affects, page 16. Terrain, jungle, mountain, sands, or wetland. Each land has one terrain, page 13. Terror level, a number from one to three, representing how frightened the invaders are. Sets the current victory conditions, page 12. Threshold effects, part of a power's effects, which depend on having certain elements of that type, page 14. Town, a type of invader piece, does two damage, has two health. Destroying one town causes one fear, page 15. Type of land, see land type, up to, maybe zero. Up to three means zero, one, two, or three. Your land, 
a land with your presence in it, page 13. And on the final page of the rule book or the back cover, you have the iconography, a brief explanation of targets, range, presence track, and also the turn order. Now this is only for the base game as the expansions were not integrated into this base rule book at this point in time. And that is how you play Spirit Island. Once again, I am out of breath doing my best to read through this rule book. You know, I saw that this book was 30 pages, but part of me thought this won't take long. And once again, rules and also reading proved me wrong on that. I thoroughly love Spirit Island. I really enjoy the kind of strange push and pull of the anti-colonial theme that this game comes from. This is definitely very unique for when I started playing it as there are many games more focused on the colonization of locations rather than being the ones colonized. Being a co-op game, it's really fun to kind of figure out how to work together. Although there can be times where people are like, I'm going to focus on my land and you guys do your own thing. And that's fine too. Just make sure everyone at the table is working in a way that each other player understands. So we're all on the same page. In terms of just the base game versus expansions, I love the expansions. I'm not going to lie. I think they bring a lot to the game. We've got our branch and claw expansion, which brings event deck as well as other tokens. And we have the Jagged Earth expansion, which brings us a ton of new spirits, like doubles the spirits. It's one heck of an expansion. But in terms of play, I think this game is pretty straightforward, really easy, really fun. Definitely a little loosey-goosey with the rules. If you make a mistake, no big deal. Don't try to roll back. Just keep going and play it correctly going forward, as the author said in the book. And if you're someone who likes co-op games, I thoroughly recommend it. There are different complexity of spirits. So if you want something a little bit more calm, you got your easier spirits. If you want something a little harder, you've got more complex spirits. And if you want to go even harder than that, I do recommend doing the adversaries and scenarios. I mainly play with adversaries because I find them fun and complicated. We've gone to a level five game and we've won. We've gone to a level 10 game and we've lost horribly and it was fun both times. One of the biggest things to kind of recognize playing Spirit Island though, and one thing that we've noticed over time is that the game feels hopeless before it gets better. Like you're always gonna feel kind of hopeless because the invaders just grow so fast in the beginning. You're also growing, but you're growing just a little bit slower. And that has to offset and you have to keep that hope alive going through the game because you can win. It just might take a little bit more maneuvering and a little bit more time. And the invaders are very much trying to not give you time. I do also love how the invaders kind of spread out and the way that's replicated in this game. In terms of board management, I know I'm always the person kind of manipulating the board and knowing where things go. I'm sure there's probably going to be one player at the table who's like very determined to be on top of it. It's actually not that complicated. I think the biggest thing remembering for Explore is just explore from the oceans and from local towns. So if there are no towns adjacent to that land, don't explore in it. And trust me, you're going to want to find ways to make sure that they don't explore because you want all the advantages you can possibly get. But more than likely, they're going to find a way because they are annoying as hell to get out. That's it. I would say go play Spirit Island. It's a lot of fun. Definitely a great co-op game. Definitely a fun challenge and like a fun puzzle to solve as a group. And don't be afraid of losing. It happens in co-op games. Sometimes things are hard and sometimes you just you hit a wall and they grow faster than you're able to keep up. And that's okay. Everything is a great learning experience. This game is such a journey. There's such a fun narrative being told as your spirit presence explores the island and expands outwards in a very thematic way when you think about how they move around. So that's today's episode for reading rule books.
If you like what you're listening to, check out more at makecraftgame.com. We got a store now, so that's pretty cool if you want to get some MCG merchandise. Also check out the Makecraft Game YouTube channel for more videos and content that's going up whenever I feel like. If there's a specific rulebook you want me to read, leave a comment in the section below on YouTube and I will do my best. Got a little bit of a lineup going on right now, but who knows? I like throwing things out the window all the time. I hope you have a great day and I will catch you next time on Reading Rulebooks.